0: You never know how long any of us have, right? Uh, and it's emotional to, to talk about it, but we all expect and we all hope the best that we're going to live 80, 90 years. Um, so just realize that life is precious. Realize that life can be much shorter than, than you think. And quite honestly, all of us have way less time than we think. Um, so I think there's not to act from a negative place or from a fear-based place but i think the opposite is a love-based place knowing that life is precious um, life is fleeting uh, you don't have as much time as you think uh, so every time you are with friends and with loved ones tell them that you love them
1: laughing vikings live high vibe chats with actors comedians and creators Plus, stand-up comedy, sketch comedy, and most importantly, you. That's right. Join us every Monday for new episodes and you can be a part of the show on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Twitch. Ask questions and interact in the comments. And make sure to share this with your actor, comedian, and creator friends so they can be a part of the show too. Can't make a live show? No problem. You can catch up on your favorite podcast platform, And visit LaughingVikings.com to find out how you can join the cast and crew. All right, it's time for today's show. Buckle up and make sure you stick around to the end because we have a special surprise for you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Laughing Vikings Live. Happy Monday, fun day. Let's go.
0: B.K. Broiler,
2: uh, Joe Lars Larson.
0: Welcome to the podcast, episode one one three.
2: Oh well, thank you for having me.
0: Yes, which is my lucky one of my lucky numbers thirteen. I was born on Friday the thirteenth, so everyone who thinks uh, number thirteen is an unlucky number is wrong.
2: Well, it is Mars a lucky March, number. I was also born on the thirteenth.
0: Oh yeah, you're March thirteenth, aren't you? I am March thirteenth.
1: It was we a Wednesday, a, but it's
0: still a 13th. Back in the day, which was a Wednesday. Yeah, still the 13th. Yep. Well, welcome. Uh, we got uh, we got a fun one today. We're going to review some things, talk about some stuff, make some announcements, share some news, you know, podcasts, podcast. you know how pod- podcasts works. Uh, first of all, everyone watching live, make sure to share this out on Facebook or on YouTube with your actor and artist friends. And uh, those of you listening, smash that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. Maybe you're on Spotify, maybe you're on Overcast, maybe you're on Apple, uh, maybe you're on Podbean, wherever you're at, just make sure that you subscribe so that you can get the notifications when we release an episode, which we do every single week. Mm -hmm. Uh, So um, first thing, let's get into the good news here. Some exciting news. Uh, We are hosting uh, a live online acting masterclass with None other than Tom Totteroff, uh, one of our coach and acting teachers uh, through the Todoroff Conservatory. He's doing a special exclusive masterclass just for Laughing Vikings and Actors Audition Club members, clients, family, and friends. Uh, the date of that we have now is Thursday, next Thursday, November 17th from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, but you got to register to save your spot. So to register, go to laughingvikings.com slash Tom. And you can register, uh, you could register to be an observer and you can just sit back and watch the class, but you can also submit to be a performer where you just have to submit your, uh, the name, the author and title of your one to two minute monologue, uh, one minute's the sweet spot, maximum two minutes. Uh, and you might be chosen to work with Tom and be coached by Tom directly through that class uh, in the, uh, in the master class, or if uh, you're not so excited to jump into the pool right away, then you can just watch it as, as an observer and take lots of notes. Uh, there'll be a question period at the end, so you can bring acting questions or career questions to Tom. Uh, so once again, go to laughingvikings.com Tom to register that. Uh, it's a great opportunity. Uh, there's no charge for that, so it's free uh, for you to register. And I think we're going to roll a little clip to introduce you to Tom and uh and to the studio of course uh brandon and i have been members of the saturday workshop for uh, over a year now Uh, i went through the entire conservatory and have uh, attended many of tom's intensives including his week-long intensive in new york city too Uh, so here's a little intro to tom roll the clip
3: my life I've been fortunate to work in film, television, theater, music, and sports. I've been a producer, director, or coach to some of the most visible names in the world, some of the most accomplished business leaders, entrepreneurs, and impassioned hobbyists from all walks of life. I'm a curious and avid student of human nature, and this work has given me a front row seat to some of the most extraordinary human beings and the choices they continually make. What makes for the most successful professionals in any field doesn't have to do with innate talent, but rather the drive to clearly and consistently ask and fight for what they want and say no to what they don't want. they always do their best the most direct route to success and self-love is to make a series of commitments and keep them no matter what demonstrate craft and commitment in a way that exceeds all of your competitors that's what we're talking about here today write down this equation craft plus commitment equal confidence and career what inspires personal communication passion Love of what you're doing. Because if you truly love someone or something, you'll spend all the time in the world on that person or that pursuit. Love takes time and love makes time. So if you want to know what or who you really love in this life, just look at where you put your time. Remember, you're always transmitting and receiving. When you're truly passionately prepared, you're transmitting love. When you're not, you're transmitting fear. Humor is essential to getting your message across. Why? Ever heard of someone ending a relationship because their partner was too funny? Humor gives us respite from overthinking, and geopolitically, it's ever been more important. It's impossible to laugh at something and think of your troubles at the same time. Laughter brings us to the now. Careers are built on clear, caring, passionate communication, and communication is storytelling. The minute you commit to a goal, whether personal or professional, negative forces align to test it and throw you off that goal. But positive forces align to support and help you. The important thing is not to take life personally. Life and gravity happen to all of us. It's all just a test of how committed you truly are. This is the art of showing up. This was always true, but in today's world, this work is more important than ever before because technology is training our brains to move faster than we're feeling. These are some of the elements of the physics of performance. When you learn how to employ these elements and bring these skills to every audition, rehearsal and performance, your relationships will change. And so will your career. Until the next time, remember your ability to ask and fight for what you want and say no to what you don't want will determine your personal and professional success. boom there you have it
0: always end with the shot of the dog uh that was tom Totteroff. so make sure grab your spot save your spot go to laughingvikings.com slash tom to register for that online masterclass november 17th which is a thursday from 6 p.m to 9 p.m eastern time uh we've got already we are we have uh, actors registered from all around the world so no matter where you are you can tune in uh, if by chance you can't be there for the whole thing, a little birdie told me we might have access to the replay, but you'll only have access to that if you've registered. So do your best to be there. Uh, and also the thing that we might do for those of you in the greater Toronto area, if for some reason you don't have a setup at home that that's suitable for Zoom, uh, we can uh, potentially host a little viewing party where we'll have a handful of people here in the studio. Uh, and if you're chosen to work and perform, you can hop up um, on our setup here, our Zoom setup. Uh, but we can have a little um, uh, masterclass party here at Laughing Vikings Studio at Actors Audition Club, but make sure you register. So I'm going to say it one more time. Go to laughingvikings.com slash Tom. I like that uh, little rhyme, .com slash Tom. And um, I know that uh, you've been a member with Tom's uh, classes for a long time, so why don't we just, I not we talked on it a little bit last week, but uh, Brandon, why don't you share some of your insights on what his training coaching has done for you? it is
2: his training and coaching has gotten me back to the fun of performing and enjoying it and and giving myself the best and easiest way to get into a character and the best and easiest checklist to get anything done uh fast and efficiently and again with a lot of play and a lot of fun and it's it's completely revolutionized the way I work and the way I I I carry myself on a
0: day-to-day basis. Amazing. And the uh, the incredible thing about Tom's coaching, it, is all, it makes you a better actor, but it also makes you a better director and you have a better ability to, to break down a script and break down a scene and break down a character. Uh, so the ripple effect that Tom has had through you and through me is huge because you've helped dozens and dozens of actors book roles in TV, film, and theater through uh, Actors Audition Club, and so mm-hmm. have I. Um, but anytime somebody asks us where this stuff come from, uh, it's always through Tom, like everything I'm passing through, like we're constantly suggesting uh, guideposts, tweaks and improvements or vocal variation or um, uh, a cool, interesting viewpoints that we can demonstrate in a, in an audition. So uh, whether you know it or not, if you're an actors audition club member, you've already been heavily influenced Uh, through Tom's training and through his coaching. And if you've booked an audition, if you booked a role through us, chances are you already have Tom to thank for that because uh, if you've taken any of our suggestions and redirects, uh, it's been heavily informed through our experience being coached through Tom. So we're constantly passing that down. So this is your opportunity to work with Tom directly. Again, laughingvikings.com slash Tom. You can register and just be an observer uh, or jump in the pool bring a one to two minute monologue. You do have to submit a monologue, the author's name and the title. Uh, and then he's just going to choose randomly from a hat who he's going to work with. Uh, but you can have the opportunity to, to be directed and to be coached by Tom directly in that class and in that workshop. Uh, and for everyone who, uh, who does attend live, um, I won't let the full cat out of the bag, but uh, maybe just let the uh, the cat tail out of the bag is there's going to be a special promotion on future classes, and you'll get um, uh, a, a special offer for being on that master class. If you wanted to continue with any of Tom's coaching and classes, uh, everyone on that master class is going to get a special offer. Um, but you got to be at the master class to do it. So go to LaughingVikings.com/tom. Yeah. Uh, and and just to reiterate, um, uh, we always hear Tom say, "Funny is money, charming is disarming." In that video you heard uh, nobody ever broke up with someone because they were too funny uh and that's what i love about his coaching is it's heavily heavily leans into finding the love in scenes uh, and finding the love in your own life and also finding humor um as those are two things that i think the world is lacking right now and those are th- two things that always play is you, you never really have enough love or enough humor so if you're thinking that your life needs a little more love and needs a little more humor then uh, Tom's masterclasses are definitely the place to be. So make sure you get registered and join us there. Uh, and if you have any questions, shoot us uh, shoot us a message at lol at laughingvikings.com. Uh, but you'll get all the details. When you register, you'll get all the details. You'll get a follow-up confirmation email. Uh, once again, that's next Thursday, uh, November 17th, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. EST, Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. Uh, you're actually registered or you will be registering for their summer intensive in New York City this summer, yeah?
2: Yes, I did. I got approved last week. I'm oh, yeah? Excited. It's yeah. official.
0: It's official. All mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that that experience is a transformational experience. you get to work with Tom a bunch. You get to be in New York City mm-hmm. uh, and get to feel the buzz of New York City, which is such an incredible electric place to be, especially as an actor. Uh, and you get to meet a bunch of his faculty in person, uh, we, I don't know who the um, who the instructors are. They change them every year, but a lot of his conservatory faculty. Uh, I worked with Mary Lou Rosado and on Shakespeare and Janice Orlandi on movement. Uh, you'll get an Alexander class, maybe a Linklater class, probably an improv class uh, out of that. So yeah, you'll love it. Yeah. You might never come back. You might go to New York and just be like, I'm gonna stay in
2: New I'm gonna, York. City. I'm gonna stay here now. <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah. So we're super excited and, and really grateful to Tom and Emily for putting that on. Um, he's mm-hmm. he's taking time out of his weekly schedule. He's he's always teaching his studio classes and his conservatory classes, and he's doing this um, without pay. It's a it's a huge opportunity for you to come and without having to pay to to get some amazing coaching and directing from Tom, mm-hmm. uh, and it's transformational. And whether you're observing or or uh, performing, make sure you bring a notepad. I know my first uh, intensive that I took with him, I had a shit ton of notes that I yep. still have and I still oh. flip through my notes on a regular basis because uh, he's always dropping these little pearls of wisdom. And And even if you get one little tiny thing from it and you probably get dozens of dozens uh, of tips, uh, it can be a little overwhelming. You'll have to take those notes and review them. But even if you just get one little uh, like pearl of wisdom or golden nugget, that one little thing can be the thing that pushes your next audition over the uh, over the edge and and helps you book it. Uh, and the other thing that um, Tom's great at, I just feel in general, it's, it's always very motivation and inspirational. And it's it's obviously focused on acting and the craft of acting. But to be an actor is to be a professional human being. And a lot of Tom's coaching will inform just your regular Daily life as a human being, and, and can improve your happiness and your ability to fight for what you want in your own life. So can't can't recommend him enough. We could literally just be here for hours and hours and hours recommending Tom. Uh, and if you've listened, and if you've listened to any uh, of our episodes, you'll you've heard the name already. So you mm-hmm. probably probably like, "Who is this Tom Todorov guy?" Well, now you got an opportunity to find out by registering for the masterclass. All right. So the other thing that we're excited to uh, let everyone know and remind everyone know is now that Comedy Alley is on our winter hiatus, no more outdoor shows. But that means we are booking indoor shows. Specifically, Laughing Vikings Comedy is available for your next event. So, whether that's a big birthday party that you got coming up in November, December, of course, we've got corporate holiday work meeting season coming up. Uh, so, if you've got a big workplace corporate event coming up, you can book Laughing Vikings. perform at your event we can customize those events you can choose between 30 minutes up to an hour 90 minutes Uh, maybe you need a professional corporate MC, or you just want a lineup of uh, special comedians to come into your workplace and give you a show Uh, we are available also charity fundraisers is a great opportunity so if you have a, a sports team or a charity where you're looking to raise some money well a great option for that is to book some pro comedians and then you can sell the tickets mm-hmm. and maybe make 50 uh, 50 raffle tickets or uh, have different draws and fundraisers at the event, uh, or maybe something like a stag and doe coming up. So, uh, in order to book us, uh, we don't have a special link, but you can go to our contact at laughingvikings.com. You can DM us at laughingvikings on Instagram or Facebook, uh, or shoot us a message at lol at laughingvikings.com, uh, and we can get the details of your event. Uh, we give you a quote uh, based on what it is that you're act- actually looking for, uh, depending on the timing and the amount of people in the audience and and the show that you're actually looking to book. Uh, but go to laughingvikings.com or shoot us a DM, and uh, we can be at your next event, myself and or uh, a myriad of other professional stand-up comedians that we work with here at Laughing Vikings. So that's mm-hmm. big news. Yeah. Yeah. You got a birthday coming up in March. You can book us for your... Uh, for your March birthday. Yep. Um, some other exciting news too is uh, I just, uh, we were talking about it before the podcast. Um, I've already submitted, but uh, Canadian Stage is uh, getting ready for their upcoming Shakespeare in the Park season at High Park here in Toronto. Uh, I've performed plenty of times outdoors, but I've never done a Shakespeare in the Park. Uh, and they're doing Midsummer Night's Dream. So I've asked my agent to submit me uh, for that production. Brandon's still um, toying with the idea of submitting as well too. Are you gonna do it, BK Broiler? Yeah, probably. Jump in the pool. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's an, I mean the audition process is always good experience, especially when it's something like Shakespeare that's a little different than the the usual TV and film and theater uh, productions that we're auditioning for. Uh, but that, yeah, I think that would be a cool experience. I don't know that I would want to do it summer after summer after summer after summer but i feel like that's a bucket list thing for an actor to do is shakespeare in the park oh it's Uh, it's it's the best place to do shakespeare lars right it's
2: it it, it's the perfect place to do
0: it it's right it's so magical you will have a blast doing it it's so much fun i like how you're talking um in uh positive tense there as well not like you will have a blast if you book it. It's like, I will have a blast. I've been to it before in uh, in High Park. When I was younger, uh, my parents took me there a handful of times in the summer. And they'd bring the mm-hmm. picnic, uh, picnic basket and a blanket and bottle of wine. And everyone just sits back and enjoys Shakespeare outdoors. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as it's not pouring rain. Yeah. But every
2: other day, it's beautiful.
0: Right. Beautiful and, and- wonderful
2: yeah midsummer
0: night's dream i believe uh features a fairy king and queen and i think they have control over the weather so i think the fairy king can just that's true uh pray to the fairy weather gods mm-hmm. and uh, have them shut off the rain so that's one. You don't of the even good, need uh, to pray to them because you're a god also like you're i'm just, just the like, guy no right hey, just yeah, like, yeah. stop rain rain stop now Boom. um yes so excited for that um the other thing we should just let people know is a reminder that uh, if you need help with your auditions, uh, we can hook up with you via zoom or in our studio uh, to book that. You can go to laughing Vikings.com slash auditions. Uh, and what do we do here? We help actors shoot professional auditions without stress, without bugging your family member and friends, without having to worry about tech troubles so that you can just focus on your craft and elevate your performance and book more roles in TV film uh theater commercials. Uh so you can do that at any time by going to laughingvikings.com slash auditions. Uh if you are a member, of course you're gonna get a preferred pricing. If you're not a member, you can still book a one-off. Uh, but if you're not a member, uh you can join the wait list. So go to if you go to laughingvikings.com slash join, you can join the priority notification list and you can be the first notified when we do open up the doors to Laughing Vikings uh, Actors Audition Club so that you too can learn the strategies that today's top working actors are using in their audition process to book more roles in TV, film, theater, commercials. Uh, We will be expanding. We will be opening our doors once again towards the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you're on that list, you'll be the first to be notified before we open it up to the general public. And depending on how many spots we want to make available, maybe we'll just open it up to the wait list and we won't even go public with it. But if you want to hear about that, you got to be on the list. So, laughingvikings.com slash join to hop on that wait list. Um, Now, something I wanted to share today, uh, we got some sad news about a friend of uh, Laughing Vikings and a friend of the studio, um, Robert uh, Robert Michael Malcolm II, uh, a.k.a. Big Bob, a.k.a. Giant Bob, uh, sadly passed away at the far too young age of 40, uh, we found it out uh, last week. Actually, it was a crazy experience how I found out. I was out with some friends on uh, Halloween Saturday, uh, which I guess was the 29th. And Bob bounces at a local um, after-hours club in Toronto, and we were really close to that area. And I was with uh, another friend of his, Steve Hobbs, uh, who's a fantastic actor and comedian. And I happen to bump into him, uh, Steve. And we were real close, so we were like, why don't we go over to the after hours and say hi to Bob? I hadn't seen Bob since early, early pandemic. And we got to the door, and I was like, hey, is Big Bob working here tonight? And the other bouncer that was there said, actually, Big Bob died of a heart attack last night. So it was such a crazy, surreal experience to be in Bob's one of Bob's home away from homes, ex- expecting to see him. I had texted him. On the way too, like, hey, Bobby, you're going to be working tonight? We're going to pop by and say hello. Uh, and didn't get a reply from him, obviously. And then, bam, got punched in the face with that news. Uh, so, just to, to share, I wanted to just share a little bit about Bob. Uh, first of all, his name, Big Bob, he was a giant. He was, I believe, six foot 11, seven feet, about 400 pounds. Literally looked like Andre the Giant or Big Show or a WWE wrestler. Uh, and how I met him, uh, myself and Trevor Ketchison were part of an ensemble cast for a show called The Movie Experience put on by a company called The Secret Sessions. And we did a production of The Princess Bride. And the cool thing about these productions is they, um, they're they a hybrid of you'd go and people would buy tickets and it's this immersive experience. You walk in and you mix and mingle. They've, they had set pieces all set up around the, the venue. Then the movie starts, but then they pause the movie and then the real characters played by us, uh, the actors come out on stage and we would reenact the scene, but like exactly word perfect, beat perfect, exactly move perfect, uh, up to including the sword fight and, and all the fantastic things that happen in Princess Bride. And Bob was cast, of course, as Fezzik, Andre the Giant's beloved character and Bob fucking crushed it. Like it, it really made the whole performance because how do you have a, a an actor play Andre the Giant's character who is not a giant, and we had this larger than life man? Uh, so he, he was brilliant. That was his first ever on stage acting performance. Uh, he was a punk rocker and he was a bouncer, but had didn't have any experience as an actor. Uh, and then what had happened? Luna is I don't know if you can hear. Her, Luna is snoring up a fucking storm right here. Luna, be quiet. We're trying to tell a story. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so what happened is. We, so, we meet this larger than life guy. It's like, holy shit, he's massive, like again, four like literally four hundred pounds, seven feet tall, and so we met him in rehearsals and then, after shows, we'd be outside or uh, we'd go to a bar and have a beer or we'd be outside the theater smoking a joint, shooting the shit about the show and This guy just started telling us these crazy fucking stories about his life uh, and at one point, he told us this story where he was he was in court and he was in front of a judge. And the judge said to him, Robert Michael Malcolm II, do you realize this is your 39th drunken disorderly citation? Uh, And this was from back in his younger days, uh, in his um, teens and and 20s. And we were like, 39 drunken disorderlies That sounds like the name of a a TV series or of a movie. So Trevor and I were like, we got to hear more about these stories. So um, we started talking with Bob about the idea of putting together a pitch package where we would put together a series bible about his crazy stories because he was a punk rocker he was a bouncer he was always involved um in kind of what you'd call the darker side of life in these after hours uh clubs he was a real enigma like kind of off the grid type guy wasn't on social media at all but legendary in the fact that if you were to describe him to people, they'd be like, oh, I know that guy. Or they, had, they knew him from the punk rock world or they knew him as this giant bouncer that they one time experienced. Or maybe they were involved in a fight or a scuffle and, and Bob was the guy that was breaking up the fight. Uh, occasionally, maybe Bob was the guy starting the fight as well if it wasn't while he was working. But this real enigma of a guy. So we started talking and then we were like, how are we going to flush all these stories That We started to have a couple writers meetings. And then Trevor and I said, we were like, why don't we do this as a podcast? We'll have a podcast where we get Bob to tell his crazy stories. And then we can flush the stories out of the podcast to then put together the next step to uh, to put together a, a series Bible and a pitch package uh, to put together a show. So we actually did that for about a year We did, I think we ended up doing 38 episodes, which is interesting given the title of 39 drunken Disorderlies. We were one shy of 39. But we flushed out all these crazy stories of Bob. um, And one of his favorite things Bob would say is, um, he said, I would never advocate a life of sex, drugs, and rock and roll to anyone, but it's worked for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And just, again, such an enigma of a guy. Also a real, um, talk about Tom's guideposts and opposites. Here he was, this huge, um, like huge man that was often involved in some of the darker sides of life—sex, drugs, rock and roll—but uh, also by day was a carpenter and could be a very kind and gentle, gentle giant. So he had the ability to like be devastating in in fights um, and in these crazy scenarios and many scenarios that I would not want to be involved in—after um, hours clubs and and drugs and crazy parties. Uh, maybe back in my younger years. But um, but then by day being like the most kind guy and, and, um, and really a gentle giant. So he was uh, also very intelligent, very well read, very well spoken. Uh, so what we've done, we did a, a year of these where we would do live tapings uh, in downtown Toronto. We would gather a crowd. He was such a great storyteller that he had people coming back week after week. Uh, and really now the cool thing is these, we have like 40 plus hours of Bob telling these crazy stories, which is really, I think, going to be the the number one thing that's left of him because he wasn't on social media. Uh, so I'm really proud of us for for putting this together. Really grateful that that we have this memory of him um, again, controversial character as well. Um, but I mean, nobody's perfect in their life and and we all have our ups and downs and we all have the good stuff in our life and we all have the dark side of our life. Uh, So what I thought we'd do is we'd share, we've got a clip. It's kind of an extended story. It's about a 15 minute clip, but it's Bob telling a story called the all night traveling flea circus. And you'll get a a glimpse of a Bob and um, for those who didn't know him, just an opportunity to to see a crazy glimpse into this larger-than-life legendary character. So, but here is uh, Giant Bob, aka Big Bob, aka Robert Michael Malcolm II.
2: 39! the solar
4: 39! Everyone, thank you very much. Welcome to Bar 1830. Once again, you guys uhm are a lovely audience. I can see most of you. Yes, indeed. Well We're here again for one more episode. You buckled in. Blow my mind. All right. So this story is called The All Night Traveling Flea Circus. Let me write that down. Of
0: course it is.
1: The All Night Night Traveling Traveling Flea Flea Circus. Circus.
4: And you have to thank my father for that because that was literally the quote he gave, which I will illustrate as the story continues. So, as most of these stories begin, you know, a Friday night, early in the afternoon, we decided it's a good idea to smoke a whole shitload of pot and then buy as much liquor as we can afford on our like you know punk rocker's pension, which Brilliant. is basically like... Great idea. The nickels Actually, and dimes you can scrape out of the can Putting those two things together did take some thought. It wasn't hand-in-hand. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hand. So no, no, totally. Well done. What are you going to do with that money? So Invest in you your education? Y- you waste you wa- no, of course not. You waste your entire afternoon well into the evening getting trashed and realize you've just run out of one or the other. In this case, it happened to be pot that we were out of. So we decided to travel, you know, a mile and a half, two miles, three miles, ten miles, who knows. When guy's like, just over here, we're going to see my pal. And you know how it turns into just over here. And you start uh, walking, and an hour goes by. Oh, man, it's just up here. A little further, we'll be there, man. Two hours go by, you're still wasted. You're traveling up the street, just, just screwed, completely fucked up. Right? Well, my friends and I saw another group of gentlemen coming down the road on the opposite side of the street. And they were looking over at us, staggering waist down the street, and decided they were you know, going to make fun of us because of our dress. Mm. You know, We're punk rocker guys, You know, sort of dirty clothing. So these dudes were like, oh, look at the queers on the other side of the street over there. <laughs> but we could hear them yelling, which is odd, because you'd think a bunch of big dudes on one side of the street, if they weren't sure they were going to get into a fight, would be a little quieter. I don't know.
2: Well, but what were they yelling from? What kind of attire? What were, they, what were their well, dress?
4: Like, you know, sort of jock dudes in the beaches. I mean, I grew up in the East End. I don't know if you know what it was like in the East End in the '90s, but there was just no real diversity of individuals. It was like you know you had you had like dudes in khakis with ball caps mm-hmm. who were huge assholes to everybody all the time. Fucking jocks versus the punk rocks, man. Pretty much, tales all <laughs> as time. Yeah, it really is. It's <laughs> the all time, I and mean, it's stupidly stereotypical. But I mean, it's just we're exactly how time. it goes. Yeah. So I start I start calling these guys out, and I'm, I'm the drunkest of my friends at the time. And my friend's like, no, 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 come on. There's a bunch of these guys over there. Just chill out, chill out, chill out. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. no, you're talking shit about us. And blah, blah, blah. And I won't let it go. And it's one of those times when I, I knew I could win the fight. Right? I'm like, yeah, there's six of them. And I know my friends are not going to help me very much in this one. But I, I, I'm going to go for it anyway. I got this. I got this. So I start screaming insults. And these, these, these four or five guys come across the street. And, you know, the guys I was with, I guess I have to describe them. If you fully understand what I'm talking about. My best friend... Rich is, is about six feet maybe, 5'11", weighs maybe 110 pounds soaking wet. Oh, no. And my buddy Nick is about same height, maybe a little skinnier. Both these guys are licked up, and they got the balls. They're ready for the fight. Like They want it. They're going to go. But... There's really no chance of that happening. You know what I mean? Like they have any experience whatsoever. They just kind of sort of roaring. Sort of, you but kind of scrap Sort right? of a little he bit, yeah. Scrap? But I mean, like being that drunk and also being that small, I basically picked a fight they couldn't win and decided I'm gonna I'm gonna win it myself. <laughs> so these guys start they start going with me, and I'm like you know pulling my Superman moves out like I, I've got this, and it's actually for a moment like pretty impressive.
1: What are some of your moves? You have well, go to moves. Yeah, it's nothing
4: nothing particular. But anyway, I I punched the one guy. So hard that he sort of spun around and fell down. But I was up on uh, one the foot. The old spin and fall. <laughs> but Great I mean, you know, I was visual. totally, this is not like professional. I was like drunk as fuck. So <laughs> right. I'm up on one foot, way off <laughs> drunken, balance.
1: Drunken fist.
4: And so I grabbed this other guy and I said, I'm going to like try and hyper knee bash him in the face, right? So I pulled his head down and I drive the knee up, but I'm still like off balance. And so he goes flying over there, but I fall over and land on one of these little picket fences that ropes off a lawn, right? Oh, God. Anyway, that- I knock myself out. <laughs> like, because, my, you know, I'm like, again, I'm like, oh, you can! And I just kind of, like, fall yeah. down on this little fence.
1: A Mortal Kombat, like, try yeah. Fighter going and, on.
4: and, you know, and I go right through this fence and knock myself out. And these guys decide, well, we got our chance. We're going to apply, like, running shoes to the back of this guy's head and, and you know, kick the shit out of him. We can. So I kind of sort of turtle half asleep. And these guys are just laying running shoes across the top of my head. I must have been kicked 50 or 60 times. But the problem is, this is the same fucking gear that they released the, like, super-thick Air Jordan, like, double-spring, like, safety shoes. <laughs> oh, my right? God, that's hilarious. So when you're <laughs> stepping and stomping on someone and you're, like, orthopedic happy wear, really, like, the reason people wear, like, you know, combat boots in combat is not just protect your feet from landmines. It's so when you kick something, they notice, right? But if you're wearing, like, <laughs> literally, like, pads for your feet, that you could, you know, than pillows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have put on like giant fluffy slippers and now you're going <laughs> <People> <laughs> so are pillowing you.
1: They were just giving you like a a, a very like comfortable scalp massage. Well,
4: no, I was feet. I was I mean, I was bruised. I was bruised, but the thing is, for the amount of kicks that I took, and there's a woman in her apartment calling the police, watching these guys like rain blows down and what looks like they're just killing this guy in the street. Ah! Right? Well, my one friend who 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 tries to engage, comes running in, he has his chain on his wallet, right? So he's going to whip his wallet chain out and, like, show these fuckers, like, you know, classic punk rock combat. Out comes the chain. problem is... What's on the chain? We don't know, right? Well, no, it's it's his wallet attached to the chain. He's going to whip them with the chain. The problem is he leads with the wallet end, (laughs) not with Mm. the clip end. And so the the (laughs) centrifugal force pulls the chain out of his hand, and he basically just throws his wallet (laughs) at this guy... (laughs) Right? So I see my, my rescuer. We, 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 And his wallet goes bing off the back of this dude who looks over and is like, What the fuck was that? And he's like, that's all he's got. Like, the chain's gone. Wallet's gone. So he goes, And throws his dukes up. And the guy walks over and just pushes him onto the lawn like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Stay out of this. We're going to kick this guy to death with our, with our, with our slippers. Did, we, we've did, got this. Did the guy
0: keep his wallet?
4: No. It bounced off like under some parked car. How do you know what hit him? I'm sure the guy has no idea there was just an attempted walleting. Like, he had no clue what hit him. He's like, something went path off my back in the middle of this fight. And I looked around and there was nothing there. Except the little skinny guy going. <laughs> right? My other friend doesn't, my best friend doesn't even bother. He knows. He knows this whole fighting thing is just not going to work. So, he tells him the one simple truth. He's like, you haven't heard him yet. He fell down. <laughs> and I think he knocked himself out. But he's gonna wake up. <laughs> and it's gonna happen soon. And you guys should probably go. And the one guy who got hit and the other guy who got kicked before I haul you myself into the fence <laughs> are both going, Yeah, guys, we should probably go. The one guy's head's starting to swell up like this, and the other guy can't. He's like, oh, yeah, we should go. I just got kicked a little bit and I'm the other four guys are like, no, no, we got this. Like more pillow kicking, right for a while. And sure enough, I go, <laughs> I look, I see his feet, and I'm like, feet. uh. And I start reaching up, trying to drag myself up, the guys that are passing away, these little slippery feet. (laughs) And that's when the other four guys realize, know, that skinny dude wasn't joking. Like, this dude's waking up, and we didn't hurt him at all. Like, he fell down and went to sleep because he's drunk. He's going to get back up. Something's going to happen. So they bolt into this ravine off of Kingston Road and take off. This is a big series of ravines that runs from, like, you know, the Danforth all the way to Lakeshore and, like, beyond. You know what I mean? So these guys guys bolt in this ravine.
1: You know you're in a fucked up situation where you gotta run into a ravine like to get away from. Yeah, something. let's escape like and go into the ravine, <laughs> <laughs> quick into the ravine. That's yeah. never a good thing to say. So, so
4: yeah, I, I sort of I wake up, I'm looking around like all grog. I'm like, where did these fucking guys go? Where did they go? And buddy, my buddy, they look at each other, and they're both like, hey, we're spent, we're done, we're not doing this. They're like, yeah, they jumped into a cab and they fucked off, man. They're gone. Like, they're nowhere nearby. You couldn't possibly catch them. They're not around here. They're gone. <laughs> like, don't try running through the ravine or anything. They're not there. Like, don't worry. This, none of this is not going to happen. As he points
1: towards the ravine, don't go. I, just, I <laughs> like swear they're to God. They're, I swear they're not down there.
4: But <laughs> luckily for them, like I said, I was mashed. And I'd already fallen down and gone to sleep once. So I was like, okay, okay. I believe you, but I'm still super angry. So I start yelling. I started yelling, like, you fucking bastards. If I find you, I'm going to kill you. And just my into lungs. the ether. Like, just, yeah, moment, just into roaring the into the night, right?
0: It's like that that wide shot where you see the village and then birds come out of the forest. Yeah, exactly. And, like, mothers. Well,
4: lights like. start going on in the apartment building across the street. My <laughs> yeah. friend's like, guy, we got to get out of here. Like, Were what you? the fuck are you doing? We got to go. Professor. What, what did
0: you yell again? Say it again. Oh, I'm like, if
4: I find you, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and, and the thing is, it's so loud and it's so roaring. Like, I'm not going to be pretty loud, when I want to. That I know now, knowing that these guys had just run into the ravine like 200 yards behind me, they, they could all obviously hear me. <laughs> so they're running through the bushes in the middle of the night, like, oh shit, there's a junk out there. If I find you, I'm going to kill you. they're like, oh shit, like, shh, bushes in the face. You know, we paffed him for a while, now he's going to kill us, right?
1: <laughs> so. <laughs> you getting this, animators? So, That's what we're doing right now. We're, so so we're carry we, 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 we carry on, we mean, carry
4: on to our destination of, of, you know, Buddy's Pot Dealer. 10 million miles away
1: this is all in the journey for pot by yeah, the way literally we
4: just wanted to go and smoke some dope man and they say dope never hurt anybody and it didn't stupidity hurt people and it, was, it, you it know. was the
2: lack of dopes because you had no dope so
4: uh, all of a sudden this this ambulance pulls up along behind us as we're walking along right now I don't realize this but I split my face open on this little fence when I landed on it and I've been bleeding for a while.
1: What a self-destruction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was,
4: it was completely ridiculously one-sided me hurting myself and then being mad about it. And <laughs> <drunk>. <laughs> while trying to fight six So these medics show up and they're like, oh, excuse me, we had this, we had this 911 call. There's some, like, some incident here with like violence and stuff. And you look like you might be injured, sir. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm fine, go away. It's like my face is really caked in blood. I'm like, I'm fine, just fine. And the police show up with, you know, right after the ambulance. They're like, no, All you don't look right. like you're fine. We should have a chat. And I was working as a mall security guard at the time, <laughs> and I don't know how I thought this was going to defend me from prosecution, but I whip out like my mall security license, <laughs> and I'm like, "I don't need your shit. I'm a security <laughs> guard." And my friends are like, "We just, yeah, he's uh, you know, he's a little upset. Like he fell down and he fell and hit his head. Yeah, he fell and down arm. and hurt himself. Like he's fine. Like, well, do you need to ride to the hospital, sir, to get medically checked out? I'm like, no, I think I'm fine. I've walked this far I haven't died. I think I'm cool. Like it's, it's good." Give me some wet naps. I'll be on my way. And the guy's like, well, was there an altercation of some kind? And my friends are like, no. And no. And I'm like, no. And they're like, well, we have like 35 witnesses in this apartment building across the street down there that disagree with you. So what's up? What happened? I'm like, these guys called us queer and tried to fight us. They're totally intolerant. We had no choice. We had to fight back. And the cop's like, that sounds rehearsed. And I'm like, no. It just makes sense, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Right? So... They let us go. I mean, it's like, again, here's some wet naps. Like, beat it, fuckos. Like, you don't have a concussion. There's no stitches required. You fell on a fence, and, like, no one's actually lying in the street hurt anymore. You're just yelling at people, and you're a security guard. So carry on, you know? And uh, we, we get to my, my, my buddy's you know, dealer's place, and his mom opens the back door. Because, you know, that's how it always works, right? You lock on some shady door, and some middle-aged woman opens the door. Uh, Johnny, yeah, he's in the basement. Yeah, I'll get him. You know what I mean? So knocking knock on the door. Door open, She's like... What the fuck happened to your face? (laughs) listening, Tarantino? (laughs) And I was like, yeah. I fell on a fence, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I got home, and apparently the police had taken my information. They called my mother and had been like, yeah, your son apparently got kicked in the head like 56 times and blah, blah, blah. So I I walk in all wasted like 4 o'clock in the morning, like expecting just to go straight to bed. Like, yeah, this is a stupid night. I was retarded. Like, let's just end this. And she flips out. She's like, you have to go to the emergency room. You might have a concussion. Like, we are not sitting in this house where you, like, look at you and blah. I'm like, I fell on a fence, Mom. Like, a stabbed me in the face. Just a fence. Right? No big it's deal. No old fence stabbing. No big deal. She's like, no, you are going to the emergency room. So I spent seven and a half hours in the emergency room to get told, you don't have a concussion and you're really drunk. And I'm like, I could have answered both of those on my <laughs> own. right? That's the worst part of the story, for sure. And so the reason the story is called the all-night-traveling flea circus is, like, my dad... We s- my mom and dad were separated when i got to my dad's place the next week he'd heard the whole story from my mom in irate tones over the phone and so she's like you sit this boy down and you straighten this shit out like if he's gonna be wandering all night fucking wasted so he goes son if you're gonna be the protectorate of the all-night traveling flea circus at least be sober enough to fight <laughs> oh <laughs> and uh you know, he's. You have to understand, my dad's. My dad's like one of my heroes. He's a complete pacifist. He does not fight. He's totally chills. He's the carpenter. Yeah, 100% relaxed. But when he when he has wisdom about how to survive on the street, he's not joking. He's like seriously, you're just retarded. Like you were way too drunk. I think maybe it's time you drank a little bit less, and were a little more responsible. But the way he the way he put it was just so perfect. If you're gonna be the protector of the all night traveling flea circus, <laughs> at least. Be sober enough to fight. And I was like, that's and hilarious. And the keyword there, sober enough. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't say abstinence is best. He was just like, you know, somewhere down the line, this was obviously out of control and you knew it. You know what I mean? And yet we're still here with your mother calling me on the phone being like, concussion and like, man. Uh,
2: hey, but so. like radio, you do it to yourself, right? Absolutely. Like fuck those do. other guys. Absolutely you do.
4: So, yeah. I mean, those are the lessons. When you're going to pick a fight, remember. Even if you think you're protecting other people, like I picked a fight for the three of us. I was like, I got this, <laughs> I got this whole fight. And meanwhile, the fight was me and a small picket fence. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then my like temper, and random neighbors, and not going to prison, right? Like that was great. Like that was the, the real fight was against my own ignorance at that point. You know? And the the way my father burnt that one down. I I always thought about that later under stupid circumstances. I'd be like, was I sober enough to fight? And I was like, "Yes, I was. you know what I mean it was like, and I know that's not the moral of the story I was supposed to get out of that, like I really know that wasn't it? Like I'm sure there was more meaning to it than that, but that's the meaning that in the moment, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm sober enough, all right, yeah
0: there you have it. there's a little little <laughs> dose of uh giant Bob rest in peace, Robert Michael Malcolm the mm-hmm. second um. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad to see him go. And, and the interesting thing about him is he was always one of those guys. You know, sometimes meet these kind of people where um, their whole ethos and being is one of not expecting to live to old age. Like he was like, he almost felt like he was lucky to, even, I mean, he was in many ways lucky to be alive as long as he can. He's been in a, he'd been stabbed three times. He's was constantly around violence, um, usually as a bouncer, uh, oddly enough for, such a big giant beast of a man. He was mostly spending his time as a peacekeeper and, and he was a great bouncer and always making sure that, um, people were there to have a safe time. And when he needed to step in and throw an idiot out, he was, uh, he wasn't afraid to flex his muscles and and be involved in that. Uh, but also just a great storyteller. Uh, as you can see, if you want to check out more, uh, you can go to YouTube at 39 drunken Disorderlies. There it is. Thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah or just google 39 drunken disorderly disorderlies on YouTube. you can hear more of his crazy stories um, just a couple of quick things to share. Um, he was so fucking huge. He was this giant like he was a giant. he was seven feet tall 400 pounds and I'm not a small man. I'm like uh, six three varying between 220 and 250 depending on how in shape or out of shape I am. And uh, he'd give me a hug, or I'd see him and I'd greet him. And never before has any man made me feel more like a baby because I would, I would give him a hug, and my face would be like in his bosom, <laughs> and I would just feel like this tiny, tiny guy. Uh, also, he interesting phenomenon about him. He was so big, he would appear to be. He would move. He would appear to be moving slowly, but he would move fast, like. Because his stride length was so big, but he was this this big lumbering man, so you'd be across the room or across a bar from him, and you kind of clock him out of your corner eye, and you just kind of see him start moving this way, and then like next thing you know, he was right, (laughs) he'd be right there because he just had these big slow like waltz to him, but he's taking these massive massive steps. It always reminded me of uh, Lord of the Rings, the big tree people, the Ents. (laughs) <laughs> where it's like they look like they're moving slow, but they're covering mm-hmm. like 10 feet at a time with their, um, with their strides. So, uh, again, uh, rest in peace, uh, Giant Bob. Um, there's a celebration of life tonight, uh, Wednesday, November 9th, at the Monarch Tavern, which is one of the places that he used to bounce at. It's at 12 Clinton uh, in uh, Little Italy. Thanks for, for sharing that. Uh, if you want to come out and, and see some people there, Um, and, and I think the thing that I would say too, is to everyone is, um, you never know how long any of us have. Right. Uh, and it's emotional to to talk about it, but we all expect, and we all hope the best that we're going to live 80, 90 years. Um, so just realize that life is precious, realize that life can be much shorter than, than you think. And, Quite honestly, all of us have way less time than we think. Um, So I think there's not to act from a negative place or from a fear-based place, but I think the opposite is a love-based place, knowing that life is precious, um, life is fleeting, uh, you don't have as much time as you think. uh, So every time you are with friends and with loved ones, tell them that you love them, say thank you, and be grateful for the time that we have. And celebrate at the time you have. And I like, like I said, I didn't see that guy. It was a brief part of my life for a, a year or two where we spent a ton of time, and then uh, we didn't spend much time over the pandemic. Uh, we didn't agree on everything either. Like he had many life views and some political views that we didn't agree on. Um, but I didn't know at the time, uh, back in the early pandemic, that I would never spend time with him and be in person with him. So, uh, and that's something that I, I do regret. So just yeah, spend time with people and and um, do your best to enjoy your life, and um, yeah, you never you never know how long you got. So uh, use the time that you have, um, and just understand that life is precious and life is fleeting.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, so one more time, raise them up for Giant Bob. Uh, You can join the celebration of life. A couple review notes. um, Make sure to register for the masterclass at laughingvikings.com. Like, comment, share, subscribe. But mostly, love love your family, love your friends, love your loved ones, and enjoy every minute of it. Yes. And speaking of that, love you, buddy, Brandon. Love you, too. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody.
2: Thank you for joining us this week. goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye.